Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Hello, Fastamai, and welcome to Spotlight. It's Aaron Ibanez in for Sarah Hendy. Coming up, I speak to the island's sole ambassador for Record Store Day and hear about the decision to hold off on vinyl celebrations until the summer. But amongst this viral pandemic, there's a cause for some long hope. But more on that a little later. But first, the art world regrettably is being plagued by delays and cancellations. With gig venues across the UK, cinemas, galleries closing their doors indefinitely to stem the spread of coronavirus. And of course here on the Isle of Man, community events are not immune to the pandemic. So following a string of postponements by the Villa Marina, the joint concert for the Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra with the Choral Society on the 29th of March has been suspended. This also includes rehearsals for the foreseeable future. Disappointment then for both conductor Julian Power and solo pianist Judith Christian, who spoke to Sarah Hendy last week. You talk about how emotional music can make you, and I suppose that's that's one of the things that that's why we relate to it so strongly, everyone, whether musical or not. How do you contain that emotion when you're playing something? Um, It must be, especially since you rehearse by yourself a lot, because, yeah, I'm sure every individual musician has to, um, it must be so easy to lose yourself in a work and it must be a totally different process to have to then adapt to connecting with such a large number of fellow performers. Mm. Um, actually, I, I'm finding it quite emotional when I'm preparing it. The fact that this was Beethoven's, the last time Beethoven performed in public before he's begun to go deaf. And I'm finding that a very emotional experience, that I'm actually playing, so that, that Beethoven played. I mean, um, it's such a privilege to be doing this, really. And, um, yeah, it's, I, I do, of course, we get emotionally involved. Um, the worrying thing, of course, as a pianist, we can't take our instrument with us, you know. This is always the, the bugbear, you know, um, we have to adapt to the instrument we're given. Our, our touch has to change like immediately. We have to be on the ball. It may even be the pedalling. The pedal is a different height. Everything, so much to take into consideration, which I don't think, you know, a lot of people just don't realise how, how difficult it can be. For example, actually, Julian, last week um, when we were rehearsing with the grand piano, um, I was I came to one of my flurrying parts and I thought oh I don't normally get that bit wrong I normally can find those notes fine I thought what's going on here there were two notes missing at the top (laughs) for example which completely threw me you know and so I went off my little track completely you know and uh, but so things like that you think what was going on there oh two notes missing fortunately the villa's got wonderful grand pianos (laughs) (laughs) but again you know i will only have um very short time to 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 get to know that instrument It, it is it's getting to know your instrument again and and adjusting to the touch and to the sound obviously you know because the, the the grand pianos have to be brought up from storage and um, brought down to the floor of the Royal Hall. And, of course, this has to be done by furniture removers because these are very, very heavy um, instruments. 
and so the, and then they have to be tuned. So Judith can't go and rehearse on them really until Saturday morning, and then we have the re- final rehearsal Saturday afternoon before our performance on Sunday afternoon. So she has very little rehearsal time on these pianos. But the great thing with music is it takes a tremendous level of concentration, and the, the worst thing you can do is to think, "Gosh, this is going well." Because that is always the kiss of death. Never think that. Never. I never. <laughs> you think just that have to concentrate the whole time. How do you keep that concentration? How do you keep well, on track? Trills <laughs> going around the supermarket on the trolley. Uh, I have found myself doing that. I thought, oh, shall I just try that trill, that fingering? Well, let's try that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 on your mind the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whatever I'm doing, um, the music is going. Through my, and also it's it's a it's very physical, isn't it? The Beethoven and the piano. I'm playing the piano part in um, with Jennifer Bird in the Carmina. Very physical. You're flying around the keyboard and it's heavy. So I'm kind of having to go into training. It's my heart is racing because it is hard work. Um, lots of early nights and preparation. Um, but it's on your mind all the time. It's it's yeah. the music is going through your head all the time and you just keep practicing until the last minute. Even when you get those early nights, it must still follow you to sleep. <laughs> I wake up three o'clock in the morning and I'm practicing the trills again. Oh, <laughs> it's that. Uh, yeah, it's it's constantly on your mind. And what about um, we've talked about variables and, and this this instrument, which isn't your own, which you're going to have to get to know. It must be you must have to sort of forge a relationship with it. What you're wearing must affect how you play and how comfortable you feel so very much. No jewellery, no yeah. jewellery, jewellery off. I don't like to, I, I don't wear jewellery. Um, um, shoes. Shoes is is an interesting one because all depending on the height of heel. It can affect um, how high, it can affect our pedalling very much. So we have to decide which shoes we're going to wear and then practice in those shoes. So, you know, we get used to to the height and the feel um, of the pedal. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But um, it's very real. (laughs) The the trick um, when you're conducting a piano um, work like this is Judith's playing at the edge. She's playing right at um, the limit of pianistic competence, technical ability, really, because Beethoven was a virtuoso pianist, and so Judith is playing a virtuoso piece right at the top of, of pianist technical ability. And so the piece can't go too fast for her, otherwise she'd trip over. And it can't go too slow because she won't be able to project that life in, into the piece so and balancing it all together with the orchestra is is a, a real trick that we have to work together on so it's fortunate that we are able to to, to do that but it is a huge challenge mm. i suppose it's a merging of three elements really how are you how are you coping with that transition to because you've got the choral society you've got the symphony orchestra and then you've got your soloist it's a lot to juggle. Well, I've been working with choirs for well over 50 years now and training choirs. And so that is, is second nature to me. But I have never conducted a concerto before. And so this is my first experience of conducting a little bit of a concerto before the choir come in. And it, it is a challenge, huge challenge to get it right. 
And I haven't played a concerto since about 1979 <laughs> or 80. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, like actually a, a friend of mine was saying, but, you know, Judith, it's OK, you were trained to do this. Yes, I was trained to do this. I trained as a solo pianist and, and a teacher of piano. But, um, you know, I've been so busy teaching that um, I don't often get the opportunity, well, to, to perform solo. I say to my pupils, you know, when they're nervous before a performance or an exam, we just have to forget what's going on round about in the audience. Just we have to just be totally absorbed. The music, we just have to be completely in the zone, you know, and 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 just and the music. It is. It's such a beautiful, beautiful work. It's fabulous. It's got everything actually. Like I say, it's got the drama. It's got and then it's got this most beautiful quiet sections. Uh, um, very lyrical. And then what a thrilling ending there. With, 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 with 170 singers singing uh, and you thumping away on the piano and the orchestra and, and right at the, the top of its And then the orchestra finishes <laughs> and then you'd say, it sounds quite easy, doesn't it, say, and then I just, I just have to play a C major broken chord from the bottom to the top on my own. It sounds easy enough You've to got four do. times to do it. <laughs> Hopefully by the <laughs> Four chances to get it right. <laughs> it's like grade two, C major scale arpeggio. Come on. And from classical interpretations to a contemporary celebration of the physical record, I went down to Sound Records and spoke to Jack Doyle about the annual Record Store Day, which had been moved to the summer. So for those people who don't really know about Record Store Day, give us an idea about the sense of sort of community, not only for the indie record stores, but also... For musos, for music collectors and, and bands as well. Yeah, yeah, it was it was brought about, I think it was like 13 years ago now, to sort of revive the record store culture, and that's, yeah, that's not just record stores, that's everything that records bring, like the people talking about music, people performing music, and creating that buzz around the culture, around music, really. And, uh, yeah, Record Store Day itself celebrates that whole culture, uh, puts on events all across the UK. It's actually in the around the world as well. So, within the shops, they have their own events like music, live music, and the day itself brings a lot of exclusive records. So behind the counter here, we've got the big banner. So it's sponsored by, supported by BBC Sounds this year, yeah. the 18th of April. Um, but there was an announcement. Was it last week yeah. that they're going to postpone it, aren't they? Because obviously of the of the virus. Yeah. yeah, it's been pushed back till the 20th of June. So it's it's a summertime celebration now, um, but that's all we've been told. We've been told like the deadlines for getting orders in has all been pushed back, so everyone's got more time to sort of recoup and sort of have a look at the list and get their orders in and plan better. I guess I guess it just gives us a bit more time to plan. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the hope is that w- with the virus, that potentially by summer, that's when this this peak will sort of start curtailing. Yeah. Are you optimistic that that date that they've got in mind is is gonna is gonna stay or what, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, it's re- it's a hard one to call, isn't it? No one really knows what, what's happening at all. 
um, we're going to have to just go with the information that we've got. And at the minute, is the t it's the 20th of June. So, yeah, let's let's plan for the 20th. And then if anything changes along the way, we'll plan for further along. So, yeah, no one knows. Mm -hmm. And what's it like? What's sort of the thought of it being changed, obviously, to summer? Is that is that a good move? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, it seems actually all right, doesn't it? It's like it's not the end of the world. It's like you get you get because it was nice the way it worked. Cause like you get a real, real peak in sales right at the start of the start of the year, really, and then it evens itself out. But now it's like in the in the peak of summer when normally it might actually be quiet. So it, it, it's going to work all right. Mm -hmm. And it's the sun summertime, so instead of people waiting out in the cold, they'll be waiting out in the sun. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. So about th about three months now, basically. Uh, for people to, like you say, recoup and maybe have a look at what records they'd be interested in. Yeah. Um, what are some of your picks this year, or what 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 are people sort of gravitating towards? Oh, there's such a mix. Like the the mix of what people are into over here is so diverse. It's like people are into everything. But there's so many obscure things. There's so many re-releases of like compilation albums I didn't really know about, but obviously people did from from back in the day. But that's what the day tend to be, doesn't it? Like a, an excuse to, I don't know, release like a, an anniversary album or a live album or, or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Things that were like released, some things that were like never released on vinyl before and now they can come out or they do like limited edition versions of them. Um, so yeah, it gives us a great opportunity for it. And for the collector, the thought of a, a limited edition press, yeah. the collector's eyes light up then, don't they? Oh yeah, absolutely, and ones that come out in certain colours and all that sort of stuff. So for, for avid collectors, it's like a, it's like a dream come true, really. Mm. Like like certain records that you thought you'd never see again, well here they are, Like they're here and they're available, and only available on that day, which makes them even more more so after, like you're not going to see them again. Like this is the, the release for them items. Since becoming a record Sunday ambassador for the Isle of Man, um, have you noticed it sort of grow in popularity, obviously locally and also globally as well, sort of speaking with people in the industry? Yeah, what do you mean, like records being sold and stuff? Records, records? well, for a combination, obviously, there's this final revival that people yeah, are sort of yeah. hearing about. Like, does, does Record Store Day help with that? Oh, massive, absolutely, yeah. I've spoke to a lot of, a lot of shops that said they would not have been able to survive if it wasn't for Rock, Record Store Day. And that's even throughout the year, like, they wouldn't survive if it wasn't for Record Store Day because it, it just props it up and it bring, brings the attention to the record store. Like, I, I remember seeing after the day last year, like... Just the amount of more people known about me just increased massively. So yeah, and speaking to a few people last year, they said that times for record sales are at their all-time high. So that's that shops that survived the 70s, 80s, 90s, and now they're at their busiest times. So it's great. And I hate to bring it back to reality again. Obviously, with the with with this pandemic that's kind of sweeping through the world at the moment. But a year without record store day, if it's a possibility or not, or maybe it's a bit a bit out there at the moment, but a year without Record Store Day for record stores and independent record retailers of music, yeah. I mean, would that be a bit of a disaster? Yeah, big time. Yeah, massively. Like I say, it props a lot of the, a lot of shops up and to allow them to sort of order new stock in or get themselves set for the year to allow, enable them to grow. And if it isn't there, it's going to be a massive chunk. Like, it's my, April was my busiest month last year. Like, apart from December with Christmas, it's like... Yeah, so without that, it's going to be a massive hit. I'd have to, I'd have to rethink where the shop's going to go and replan everything if if it was delayed or put back or not going to happen. This, I suppose, is basically the industry kind of taking a bit of social responsibility, really, because I think a lot of people are 
all sectors of society are realising that this is this is going to hit them. Yeah. Um. Because this shop gets busy, doesn't it, on yeah. on that day? So. Yeah, it's busy. It's a packed out shop, and there's only a small shop in here, and people queuing up round the up round the corner. You don't people now. People have to keep their distance from people. So yeah, it's being responsible and being sensible as well. It's like yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hit to us, but it's going to be a bigger hit to people's health if we go ahead with it. So yeah, you've got to be responsible. I suppose it means if pe- people isolating, that means more time at the record player, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Come down and stock up. You'll be right. <laughs> You'll be right with some players. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. In light of the virus outbreak, music, or indeed a creative escape, as well as the role of community, may now be more vital than ever. And a man whose musical project champions this is Erlen Cooper, a Scottish multi-instrumentalist who captures the rhythms, the folklore and the elements of his Orkney Islands. Orkney is, like many islands, a place of rich community and it's the people that work together on the island that, that, that make it so, so, so self-sufficient. But Orkney can be anything you want it to be. And I think that's what I was trying to say. That's what all I'm trying to do in this music. Whether you go to Orkney or not, whether you go doesn't really matter, or whether you go there physically on a boat. I think it's about escaping or being transported to another place. That could be the Isle of Man. That could be the Silly Isles. That could be anywhere. It could be, you know, the Norfolk coast. What I realise I'm doing for me is it's my Orkney at that time. I'm evoking memories, childhood memories, good and bad. I don't think it's homesickness. I think it's a feeling of trying to be transported to a place for as long as I want to be that brings up all those feelings of childhood memory, perhaps a moment of innocence, perhaps a moment of where you didn't quite think as much. Absolutely. I mean, it's an incredibly accessible soundscape that you sort of, you know, play to people. Um, and you talk about the spirit of the people and, and the self-sufficiency of the community. Um, but of course, mm. a, a, a big part of the music is, of course, the natural world, I guess, as a muse and mm. as an actual player in, in, your, in your score, if you like, of Orkney. And I mean, when did that relationship with the natural world for you begin? Yeah, as I've said, so if you folk just walk in the shore with my folks, or with my dad and my brothers and my siblings, and just, you know, a stone's throw from the door and spotting gannets, you don't quite realise it at the time how lucky you are. You're surrounded by tumultuous elements today. And actually, that's pretty amazing, really. You know, it, 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 can, it can do something to you. For me, I realised that and only really realising it lately, I would say, since starting this collection of records, is that nature is the one true reset for me. But taking that further, I think it's the sea in particular. It's the horizon. I mean, I would classify this music as alternative, where others would put it in, in, in a genre. I would call it an ecosystem. There's an ecosystem of music that gives you space to reflect. That to some people, that type of music allows them to reflect, allows them to release, allows them to think. And for me, that music does as well, but it's the—it's actually just being in and around 
the natural world, the elements. It just does something to me, whether it's primal, whether it's just a reset, whether it's a disconnect from technology. You know, I don't know. It, but for me, I've noticed that's the one thing that will just sort me out. You know, my folks were teachers in the school and all my mates were playing football, I think I told you, and I would break into the school with my dad's key to use the music room and um, escape um, from whatever I was thinking about. Um, I didn't find any like-minded folk that did the same. Having been inspired by the birds and the sea for his first two records, Erland has released a new single called Long Hope from his upcoming album, Heather Bleather, due for release on the 29th of May 2020 via Phases Records. Song titles are taken from local dialect and nod to the places and stories of the island as well as the people themselves. And I'm delighted to bring to you that first single. And so here it is, Long Hope. We were born in that's any information. Yes, that's fine. That's enough. Fine. And it's really one thing to begin with. She used to be the Kreia and Kreia and Stromless. And the fourth thing you draw when I threw it at the door. So the next thing I beg it went to and Gogs had already for the father. <laughs> <laughs> that's a by the way. Well, yes, she was born in the front. Been in the asylum, and that was when she was 15. 
Great job. Thank you for that. Was that somebody who lived near, near the home? composer Erlen Cooper there with his new single Long Hope talk about taking you on a journey you've been listening to Spotlight on Manx Radio with me Aaron Ibanez take care out there